Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is the Reds Hot Stove League. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by Holy Grail Banks, proud sponsors of the Reds Hot Stove League, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, JTM, let's create great dishes together, MSA Architects, and by Document Destruction, the official document shredding vendor of the Reds. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by CBTS, a Cincinnati Bell Company, technology solutions for business, your tri-state Chevy dealers. Check out Chevy's award-winning lineup only at your tri-state Chevy dealer. The Healthcare Management Group, greater care for greater Cincinnati. Woody Sander Ford, I-75 at Mitchell Avenue, right in the middle of everywhere. And this to the now the Reds Hot Stove League on News Radio 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. We have a huge crowd here at the Holy Grail Banks tonight. Let's hear it from you. Talk to us. A lot of it has to do, Tom Brenneman, with a guy sitting in between us. Uh, a guy who has been rumored over the last week or so, a first story broke, it said there's mutual uh, interest among the Reds and a guy by the name of Bronson Arroyo with the uh, hope for end up being that he signs a contract with this ball club and returns to Cincinnati. You got anything to tell us? Well, I don't have anything real great to tell you, but uh, <laughs> got something close. <laughs> well, that's, that's well, something you can hang your cap on. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've been... I've been I've been here half the off season. My girlfriend lives here, and I've uh, been enjoying myself in Cincinnati as usual. And um, I've been coming down to the ballpark, lifting and throwing. And and it's the first time I've been pain free in in uh, two and a half years. So I just, um, you know, I threw a bullpen for Dick, and and these guys definitely have interest. But they're just trying to button up their details, and hopefully here in the next few days to a week we'll get something done and I can uh, be in a camp that I'm comfortable with. And you, know, you know, a lot of guys that have done what you've done, Bronson, and, and oftentimes I think we use the word great too often. And, and then there are other times I think we don't use it enough. For a guy like you, going all the way back to when you originally broke into pro baseball, you have had a great career. It's been a long career until the last two years, totally healthy career. But there has to be something inside you that's saying, "I want to give it one more go." Oh, sure. What is it? Well, I, you know, I, I think that I think that changes over time. So it starts out where, you know, the odds are so stacked against you to just be a major league baseball player. That's you know, that's what you're, you're, you dream of as a kid. You get to the major leagues, then you find out, wow, it's not so hard to stay. It's it's tough to stick at the major league level, and you bounce up and down AAA, and you finally, as I did in 2003 and four, kind of cement myself as a starting pitcher in the major leagues, and and then time goes on, and you're 
you're uh, you're putting up good numbers, and every year you, you challenge yourself to pitch 200 innings and try to win 15 games, and then uh, then you be, then you you blink and you turn around and you're the old guy in the locker room, and um, and then there's other things that keep you going. And at this point, to be honest with you, you know, with 19 and a half seasons from 1995 mm-hmm. to 2014 without missing a start or missing a game, and and um, you know. When a doctor tells you, hey, man, your, your ligament and your elbow is broken, your shoulder's tore, and you might not ever play again, it's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll see. Now, now you just put some fuel on my fire to see if you can survive. And uh, I'm going to be 40 years old in February. Wow. And, and um, you know, there's not many guys who can stand on the mound and be productive at that age. I mean, what Bartolo Colon has done over the last couple of years is absolutely remarkable. And, and um, you know, I just, I just don't want to go out with a doctor telling me, hey, man, you know, that's the end. So... I'm trying to. I've been working hard for the last two years to, to try to get healthy, and um, I ha- I couldn't do that last year. It finally took getting stem cells pulled out of my pelvis in August by Dr. Andrews and putting them in my elbow to get it to where it feels as it does now, where I can throw a ball without without pain. So, you know, I just want to go into camp and, and battle, and, and if it doesn't work out, at least I could be in a place where I, I enjoy everybody's company from you guys here in, in the in the box office down to the guys who clean the clubhouse. You know, it's a natural segue what you just said because I'm often reminded. Uh, when the trade was consummated with the Red Sox back in 2006, and you came to Cincinnati, and the Reds gave up Willie Mopena to go to the Red Sox, and I, I think it was a foregone conclusion, and you were diplomatically correct, but at the same time, I think people knew that the last thing you wanted at that stage of your career was to leave Boston, Massachusetts, and go anywhere. Right. And then we fast forward eight years, and all of a sudden... You really underwent a love affair with this team in this city, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think a love affair always entails, uh, you know, human relationships. And, right. And, and if you stick around a place long enough, I mean, I'm a creature of habit, and I enjoy going and seeing the same people and eating the same foods and and uh, being in this town for eight years and, and and becoming friends with a lot of people that not only work for the organization but that just live here in the city. Um, you know, it's nice to come back to a place that feels like home and um you know no better no better place for me to go into camp where i know all the faces from the guy who owns the team down to the guys who clean the locker room and and uh you know brian price also being the manager of this ball club understands that i can win without throwing 95 miles an hour and and there's some teams as as baseball has evolved the young guys of this game are throwing you know those guys falling off trees that are throwing 95 to 100 right and there's probably some organizations that would watch me throw the ball 85 miles an hour and say well you know we know you've done it in the past but we're not sure where i know brian price is positive that if i'm healthy that i can get the job done so where are you right now you said you're pain free you start with that first yes. and foremost but but where are you realistically compared to maybe the last healthy season when you pitched here in cincinnati before you left to go to arizona where are you now compared to that guy? Right. Um, well, you know, Dick Williams asked me the same thing after I, he watched me throw a bullpen. And if you watch me throw my pens, they look pretty normal. i got same movement, same command. And you really can't tell if there's anything different about me. But, uh, you know, I told him in 2013, my last season here, there was definitely times when, you know, you, as, as years go on, you, the cool down between innings a lot of times becomes a little bit of a problem. So you heat up one inning, you cool down. You heat up again, you cool down. And, and as you get a little bit older, it gets harder to get up off that bench every inning. And sometimes sometimes you feel great. But the other times you sit down there after the second inning and say, I don't know how I'm going to make it through six right. or seven tonight. Yeah. And um, I think that's probably the only question mark. In the bullpen, and as far as throwing an inning or two, I feel the same way as I did in 2013. But can I go out there and do that? inning after inning after inning and turn it around on four days rest is, 
you know, the question mark that, that, that remains to be seen. And that's why going into camp is going to be, you know, the game's going to let me know if I can still survive or not. But, you know, the, the neat thing about this whole situation is if you go into camp and we're operating on the assumption that you and the team will get together with some understanding contractually. You go into camp, you pitch well, you make the pitching staff. It's a win-win situation aside from your ability to get people out. I think anybody who knows uh, about the years that you spent in this organization and what incredible influence you were on young pitchers on this staff, most notably Mike Leake, uh, and anybody else who would care to sit down and talk with you about the art of pitching. Uh, the influence that you bring to bear on a pitching staff, especially one loaded with young people, is just unbelievable. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and I, I, you know, I've, I've had those conversations with, with Dick and Brian. And, I, and like you said, I think it's a win-win for everyone. Because if my arm doesn't survive in spring training, at least I'm there for two months, eight weeks, that this really young staff gets an opportunity to pick my brain a little bit. And, and um, you know, I think sometimes we, we, you know, they say, well, Bronson goes into the locker room and he brings some experience to the table and imparts that upon other players and I and I have and sometimes it takes a while to do that so you hope you're around for the season because a lot of times it takes me to watch a guy pitching in real games in some of those sticky situations to kind of start picking them apart a little bit and try to help them out in some ways so it's, it's harder to do that in spring training but you know if that's all I have and that's all I've got and um, I'm, I'm definitely willing to go out there and share what I have. Was there a Bronson Arroyo in your career when you came up with the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2000? Uh, in the Pirate organization no it was such a it was such a uh, a young ball club, and most of the guys that were coming up to the big league level were no more than a year or two ahead of me, and they, and they just didn't have as enough really. They hadn't really cemented themselves in the game enough right. to really impart that upon me. But by the time I got to Boston, you know, having Wakefield, Derek Lowe, Pedro Martinez, and, and um, Kurt Schilling pitching on that staff, you know, I got to watch, I got to watch all the guys in, in their program. And I, and I think that's the most important thing. It's not a lot about what comes out of your mouth all the time. I mean, sometimes it is. You talk to a guy about how to hold a pitch or certain situations in a game and what they're thinking about, and you can help in that regard. But the day-to-day, the preparation, yeah. and guys like, you know, Kurt and, and Pedro, you'd watch them, and sometimes you'd think, well, they didn't lift that much or they didn't do this or do that exactly the way that I do. But if you watch their preparation was always the same. And, and over time, you got to see that, that the consistency was where they were making it happen. You mentioned Brian Price earlier, and, and I think one of the cool things about this whole situation, when you're going through your arm miseries in, in 15 and 16, the open line of communication between you and, and, and Brian Price was there day in and day out, wasn't it? Yeah, he would call me all the time. Uh, you know, I, I would be – sometimes the Diamondbacks, honestly, they wanted me to get out of the weight room because they'd say, man, you're working too hard. Go on vacation. Go to Vegas. Get out of here. And so, <laughs> and so I, would, uh, I would do that. And then I remember I was in Vegas one time and Brian called me. We, we would talk about what's going on with the Reds and, and whether things were good or bad or struggles or whatever it was. And, and, uh, but he was always inquisitive about me. And, you know, we have a special relationship um, there, there's some coaches you have that, for whatever reason, you know that they'll be a part of your life uh, long after the game is, is, is done. And Brian Price is one of those guys, and I, I think that's why he enjoys having me around. Well, Bronson Arroyo is sticking around with us for at least about the next 15, 20 minutes. Boy, it's awesome to have him back in Cincinnati, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's going to be better to see him put on that uniform. I told him a minute ago this guy had to run for mayor in his town. Or maybe we'll just all hang around with Bronson all summer long. You're listening to the Red Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Branks presented by Budweiser. We're back in a moment. 
Reds Pick 6 plan presented by McDonald's. Be a part of the action this season with the Reds Pick 6 plan presented by McDonald's. Pick any six Reds home games, including the Cubs, Indians, Yankees, and Red Sox, and receive an exclusive Eric Davis 30-30 dual bobblehead. Plus, you'll save up to 25% off regular price tickets and get six free McDonald's extra value meals. Purchase the Pick 6 plan now at reds.com slash pick 6. Some restrictions apply. We are back before an SRO crowd here at the Holy Grail Banks and largely due to an unexpected bonus for us as far as doing this show on a week-to-week basis. Having Bronson Arroyo in here, we had hoped to have an announcement to make. That's not happened yet, but we're encouraged by the possibility. How's your music career coming? Well, I don't know about a career, but I play, I play every day, and I'm going to the Lumineer show after this, so that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the truth. Do you have any preconceived notion uh, when this deal is consummated, uh, what type of role you're going to be competing for in spring training? I know what you like to do. I think yeah. I'd look today. You've made in your entire career something like 35 or 36 relief appearances in your entire career. Yeah, it's not many. But, uh, I mean, I'm willing at this point to uh, you got to be realistic with yourself. And I think, you know, the game, the game has a way of humbling you. And, and regardless of who you were in your past, I've watched some of the greatest pitchers, you know, that are going to be in the Hall of Fame or already in the Hall of Fame. And as, as they started winding down, they, had, they either had to make adjustments um, and that might mean, mean going into the bullpen or, the, or you just get phased out of the game. It's just yeah. the way it is. And, and so I'm willing to do whatever it is to try to survive. But I, I, I think my, yeah, I think if I'm healthy, my stuff plays much better as a starter than it does in the bullpen. Because, like I said, there's so many young guys now that can throw so hard that if you get the lead in the back end of a game, it's a bit easier to do that. But, but I'd be willing to be the long guy in the pen for sure if, if, they, if they thought that was advantageous to the organization. You know, I'm, I'm curious. You talked about, and, and my dad made reference a minute ago, about your influence. And you guys were very close in Mike Lee. But his style of pitching wasn't one of those guys that was throwing 95, 98, 99 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, where the game's loaded with those guys now. Can a pitcher like you still have a lot of influence on a guy who doesn't throw anything like you? Sure. That's throwing 100 and throwing sliders 92. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It depends on who you are. You know, I mean, I've... I just find myself in, in most of anything to do with life in general that I just think outside the box a bit, and I usually just skin it a different way to try to get a different, maybe the same result or mm-hmm. an easier path to that result. And, and due to that, I'm, I've just always been kind of a thinker, and I, and I love to kind of analyze things. So it, regardless of what a guy has, a lot of times if they're struggling, it, it, it usually doesn't have to do with stuff. It usually has to do with what's going between their ears and very subtle things about being comfortable in the mound, about pitch selection, about even just understanding what what it is you're supposed to be doing on the mound other than just throwing the pitch that the, that the catcher puts down, you know. And so, uh, you know, talking with guys and asking them and, and seeing what they do in situations when it's second and third and nobody out in the first sure. inning and you're winning two to nothing versus if it's zero to zero. You know, if you, if you watch a guy over time, you can just see some of these subtleties that you might be able to just impart a little bit of something. And they thought, oh, I, ne- I never thought about that, and, and maybe it will help them. None of us uh, would even pretend – to know what goes through the mind of a big league pitcher. We can't walk in your shoes. We've never done that. But what would you say to those fans who say, you're approaching 40 years old, you're probably financially set for the rest of your life, why in the hell do you want to continue to play? <laughs> well, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to live about another 70 years after this. <laughs> and to be honest with you, you know, I really don't have much left to do it. And, and, 
there, there's really nothing else in my life that there's going to be a time that biology just shuts you down. I mean, right. old, old man time is going to put an end to everyone's athletic career because to play against the best players in the world that, have, that are 25 years old with testosterone just coming out of their ears, it's not easy to do in your 40s. And so I'm just trying to honestly just, just pull every little bit that I can out of this game. And most of it, um, you know, some of it uh, is just hanging around the guys and traveling on the road as you guys get to do. And, and, and you, you realize, I realized early on in my career that there was a lot of magic going on inside of Major League Baseball other than just winning and losing and, and the paycheck. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys don't realize that until they're sitting on the couch at home and then they call me up and say, man, you know, this real life stuff is really kicking my butt. And, yeah. uh, and, and I don't know, I don't have a place to fulfill myself. And so, you know, I'm just trying to, to take every little bit I can out of the game. And also it's a challenge to to see if a guy who throws 86 miles an hour can still be productive in the game at age 40. You know, I, I enjoy those odds. I've, I've always been at war with a BB gun, and everybody else had an AK-47, and I don't <laughs> mind being in the trenches like that. Now, whether it's now or next year or the year after, is there life after baseball in baseball for Bronson Arroyo as a coach? Probably not. Really? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe as I... Maybe as some years pass on, I mean, I would love to, to be honest with you. I always say that if I could rip myself into three or four different Bronsons, that, yeah, one probably has a family and one is a coach. And one maybe, you know, even if I was coaching at the rookie league level all the way up, it makes no difference. But I'm only one me. And, I, and I've been dedicated to this game since I was about five or six years old. And I just watch, watch life go by very quickly. And so probably by the time they kick me out of the game here in my 40s, for at least probably 10 years, I'm just going to want to be around people I want to be around. and not. Right. Be, I don't want to be chained to someone else's watch and the clock of, hey, man, you got to be here 12 hours a day at the park. Yeah. And so if I, once I'm done with that and I feel like I've fulfilled myself in that way, then possibly I could come back to the game. But I, I think I'm going to be the guy who I'm going to be in fantasy camp and I'll hang around spring training for three weeks just to, to be around the guys and, and give some knowledge. And then I'll be in the clubhouse once in a while cleaning shoes with the clubhouse kids because that's, <laughs> that, that's what I do. And you know, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I, uh, you know, one question we get asked, and we just got back from the Reds' caravan, and everywhere we go we see kids or we'll see parents of kids who are trying to work their way up. And, and I think your background is one of the most fascinating backgrounds of any player in any sport that I can ever remember because in a day and age where guys look like they're just ripped muscles everywhere, and obviously you, right. I mean, you got muscles, you can tell you're working out. But when you were growing up as a kid, your dad was going about it a whole different way than everybody else. Yeah. Do you think that that perhaps led to you being more healthy than most guys are as they've gone through their careers? Yeah, I, I think the, the main part of it was, you know, I grew up, like you said, it was a bit strange. I was in the weight room at five and six years old, and by the time I was seven and eight, I was, I was lifting ridiculous amounts of weight as a 50 50-pound kid being eight years old, you know. And, and um, but, you know, the, the weight part of it, I think, had something to do with it. But I think I could have maybe caught up if I started at 16 even to that. But I think what was so amazing about being in the weight room with my father at that time was that the entire, all those hours we spent together, he was talking about, he was talking about life and he was talking about, um, you know, opportunities not lasting forever and saving your pennies because it won't come, on, come around every day and your word meaning something and showing up on time. So he talked about life a lot and he also was building this regiment with me. We never missed a day, ever, ever. I mean, my father was on dialysis and he was out there in the weight room with me. And so because of that, he showed me what it, what it was going to take to be one of the most elite players in the game by, by doing this every day and keeping the book and knowing what, what weights you were pushing and progressing and goal setting and all that stuff. And so, you know, I think he had, by the time I got to the rookie league, everybody else was trying to figure it out, and I was already there. So it made it easier for me to just focus on the game of baseball and the things that I had already been doing. 
We are out of time. All right. We certainly appreciate. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you being with us. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, having me. And we, I think I speak for Tom and Rob Butcher and everybody in the organization, all the folks here, that when we all gather out in, Scott, in, uh, in Goodyear, that you will be in uniform and you will once again be a part of this organization. We all look right. forward to that. Thank Who you. in this room is it. rooting for Bronson Arroyo to be in the lineup opening day? You kidding me? We're back with more after this. Thanks to Bronson Arroyo and thanks to all of you. Sign up today for the Colwell Banker West Shell Red Legs Run. It comes up on Saturday, May 13th. Participants will receive a race T-shirt and one free Reds ticket plus. Don't miss a post-game party in the Kroger Fan Zone. Proceeds from the Red Legs Run benefit the Reds Community Fund. Register now at reds.com slash run. Tell you what, those are a lot of fun. I came down and did the color run with Ella, our daughter, a couple of her friends. And uh, with that Red Legs Run, you get, as you mentioned, the tickets to the game. Come on down. Would they let me walk? Uh, Absolutely. A lot of people walk. That'd be very good. You ought to do it before the game. Then it'd be a really big deal. Pardon me? You should do it. And, I mean, it'd be a big money maker. Why would that be a big Because you're going to be there. Such a big deal. Because you're going to be there. People want to walk with Marty. That could be the slogan. Walk with Marty. You just planted a, a seed in Charlie Frank's mind. I'm hey. sure about that. Anything to raise money for the Reds Community Fund. Walk with Marty. 749-7000, 1-800-THE-BIG-1. If you are home or in your car or wherever you might be and you want to call up and talk about uh, Bronson Arroyo or about any aspect of this club, we're here until 7 o'clock. Um, Caravan of Success. Great success. You got up off of your sick bed and yep. joined the team in Evansville on Friday and was with them for the rest of the way, right? And it was a great group. And, you know, every year uh, our group is, is fortunate enough to have, among others, Corky Miller with us. Correct. It's You really have to travel around. As you know, you've done it before. When you travel around with that guy, it is incredible the amount of people whose lives he has touched yep. just by being a good guy. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, when you think about his professional career, the first part of it, he's trying to work his way up, cup of coffee here, cup of coffee there. But even in the minor leagues, they're trying to develop guys to then move up the food chain so he becomes a backup even in the minor leagues. And to think of all the people that he's touched in his life, the reception he gets wherever we go, I, it catches me by surprise every year when you go on it. Yeah, well, D- Dimitri Young was our Corky Miller. Yes. Funnier man, I you know, I talk about Lee May, who might be the number one funniest person I've ever been around as far as the game is concerned. Uh, Dimitri Young, was he just wowed people. Uh, and the most impressive thing about him, and I had to Google it, was when he sold his baseball card collection in 2012 for $2.4 million. It's a pretty good collection. <laughs> That's an outstanding collection. But it, it, I, I thought I, from all points of the compass, north, south, east, west, I think once again it was it was a tremendous success. Nobody nobody does a caravan on as grand a scale as this organization does. Nope. And I, you, I don't care who you're talking Not about. Not even close. It isn't even close. No. Nope. And uh, and this year was no exception. And and I, it wears you out by the time it's over with. You're ready to sleep for 12 hours. 
But I'll tell you what, it's worth every second of it. It's such great fun. Well, the, the, the fans are just incredible. And I don't say that just because we're sitting in a bunch of uh, fans right now. But, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're meeting five- and six-year-old little boys and girls who are getting their first look at a Major League Baseball player or, or talking to a Hall of Fame broadcaster or whether you're talking to the, the man and the woman who have been married for 55 years and they're coming through the line to shake your hand in Muncie, Indiana. It is I just find it to be a very uplifting experience because you realize it for a lot of people, Dad, and we know this, but when you get on the caravan, it certainly crystallizes it. Reds baseball means a lot to a lot of people. It does. It really means a lot to a lot of people, and we're grateful to have the chance to bring them Reds baseball. Well, you mentioned Hall of Fame. There's a guy with us tonight who's not in the Hall of Fame, but he should be, and that's a National Football League Hall of Fame, and that's our good friend Kenny Anderson and his lovely wife, Christy. Hello, young man. How you doing, quarterback? Yes, young man. You look great. You don't see very well, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> Kenny, good to see you, bud. Thank you very much. Great to have you all with us tonight. Let's go to Dayton. Dayton, Ohio. We were there on Saturday. Had a great crowd at the Hall of at the Air Force Museum. Dick, you're on the air. Thanks for calling. Hey, Marty and Tom. I'm sorry I missed the caravan. I I, I wanted to come, but I had to work. I bet it was a, a big hit, you know? It was. I, I wanted to meet you guys and get your autograph. Well, hopefully we'll get a chance to see you again down the road, Dick. Well, you know, I, I've got a little story I wanted to tell you. You know, I talk to Harry Jeff every Saturday, but I thought maybe April 14th, it's a special day. It's my birthday, and it's Pete Rose's birthday, and you know what I ought to do? I ought to go get me a ticket and either come to the Holy Grail and come to one of the games or, you know, just meet all the all the 700 people. I would love that. Well, yeah, yeah, they're there every game. They don't miss yeah, a beat. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know. And I'll tell you something. You know, I, I enjoy you guys, I, especially you, Marty, and especially you, Tom. You paint, a, you paint a, a, a perfect picture of the Reds. You know what I mean? It's great. It's just great. And we got a lot of fans. And uh, I hope to come down there, you know, to go to a game. But uh, I got, I'm optimistic they're going to do pretty good this year, guys. I think it's a better club right now than it was at the same time last year. Yep, yep, yep. Well, good talking to you guys. All right, Dick, we nice appreciate it. Thank you. Yourself. Who else was on your 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 uh, the the current players? Well, Walt, well, we had Walt Jockety was still on the caravan, even though he's moved into a different role now. And Phil Castellini, of course, had a lot of questions about what was going on with the ballpark and things like that. We had Tucker Barnhart with us, and we were passing through his hometown, Brownsburg. Brownsburg, Indiana, and uh, and so it was really cool uh, to see the reaction of a lot of the young people, especially to think that one of their guys, especially when we went to Peyton Manning's Children's Hospital there in Indianapolis, for little kids to look at some guy standing there and like, hey, he grew up just down the road. In fact, still lives just yeah. down the road. So that was a, that was great. And then the young man, I, I told you about him yesterday when we were together, Shed Long, Reds minor league hitter of the year last year. Young fella grew up in Alabama. Mom and dad been together forever. His dad's a chief of police down there. This young man is is as impressive as any kid you're ever going to want to meet. And once we got away from it and I started talking to Dick Williams and talked to Walt Jockney, I'm like, tell me about this guy. You know, he hit almost 300 to two different levels last year, hit 15 home runs, had 35 doubles, stole 20 bases. This guy they believe has a chance to be a really good player. And just because of the kind of kid he is, I hope he makes it. 
be as, keeping an eye on him. See, we had the Cajun with us, Blake Trahan, who yes. was outstanding. I mean, he was he was really good, and he posted some very very impressive numbers last year at Daytona Beach, and uh, I imagine he's going to open the year at Pensacola. He's an infielder. He is a young man who doesn't lack in confidence. He is convinced. We had a good that, spring last year. Yeah, he had a very good spring, and that's one of those cases where a non-roster player, and we see it in this organization a lot, and it's really good. They'll bring kids over from the minor league camp. You get a look at them. We've seen Blake Trahan for the last two years yep. in the camp. Yep. So now when he's called on to play big league games in the big ballpark, it's not going to be any problem for him at all, and maybe we'll see Shed Long at some point. You know, I want to circle back to the whole Bronson thing for a minute, Dan. we got to go up to a against break. A commercial break. We'll do it when we come back. Yeah, we'll be back. Uh, we are, of course, at the Holy Grail Banks. We were privileged to have Bronson Arroyo with us for the first half an hour. We hope you were on hand to hear it because it was a very, very interesting get-together. We'll be back and have more on this Reds Hot Stove League Tuesday night edition in just a moment. Well, one of the coolest things the Reds have done in a long time, the Hall of Fame and Museum's Pete Rose Hit Collection. We've talked a lot about it on this show. It's a fundraising campaign featuring 4,256 baseballs, each one of them assigned by Pete Rose, then stamped with the official Pete Rose Hit Collection logo and baseball's unique hit number. You can purchase a hit collection baseball and become the owner of that hit while helping support the Pete Rose Sculpture Project. You can purchase today at redsmuseum.org. That is really, really cool. If you're thinking about getting something for a loved one or a good friend or whatever the case may be, take a look at it. We're back on the Reds Hot Stove League, live from the Holy Grail Branks, presented by Budweiser. I have about another uh, 15 minutes left to go here in the program. But we started talking about Bronson Arroyo and, and his role looking into this year. The Reds have already gone on record as saying they really liked, in theory, what they were able to do the second half of last year once they got Michael Lorenzen and Rizelli Iglesias in the bullpen. Like the 1970s, Clay Carroll and Pedro Borbone, guys pitching more than one inning out of the bullpen. If you do that, it strikes me, you tell me if you agree or disagree, <laughs> that if it doesn't work out for Bronson Arroyo as a starter, that this team is going to have to have a long reliever for that very reason. you agree with me on that? Yes. So, boy, I mean, if he doesn't make it as a starter, and I don't know if he will or he won't, nobody knows. We'll wait and find out how it goes. But it seems like that's almost a role that could be possibly created for him. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I, You know, we were privileged to spend a couple of hours yesterday with Dick Williams and, yep. and a couple of his guys, and uh, it was a luncheon that was – mapped out for the radio and TV guys, and which I think is a sensational step forward in terms of keeping us abreast of what's going on, much of the information we're not able to ever use publicly. And, the, and I'm not a big fan of the approach that Brian Price is going to take. It's, it's this so-called bullpen by committee and using three guys. But yeah, the point was made yesterday, if you're getting blown out early, you're not going to see any of those three guys right. in all likelihood. That I, And that's a good thing. Um, but I agree, uh, if, if this is truly the way they're going to go about handling their bullpen, uh, you know, with uh, Drew Storen and Rysel Iglesias and Michael Lorenzen, and they would be the big three, rotating around, and one night one guy could close, the next night another guy could close. Uh, you still, from my perspective, and obviously yours too, you're going to have to have a long guy to protect that bullpen sure. occasionally. 
And, I, and honest to goodness, the number of times that you need to go get your starter in the second or third inning, I don't care how bad your pitching staff is, it really doesn't happen all that often. But he would absolutely be ideal for that type of role. Well, I, I was surprised to learn from that luncheon. Uh, one of the things that just struck me, I, I almost fell out of my chair, when Nick Kroll made the comment about the team in the National League that got the fewest number of innings from its starting rotation last Stunned. year, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yep. And yet they were a team, obviously made the playoffs, went pretty deep into the playoffs. Yep. And they were without the best pitcher in the league for the better part of, what, a couple of months last year in Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. So and think it, of all the bullpen they went through. Well, if somebody asked you to name the one club that had the fewest innings from their starters, it might take you an hour before you touch on the L.A. Dodgers. Well, you certainly wouldn't pick a team that made the postseason. No, you wouldn't. No. That's exactly right. Yeah. How about the penalty that was imposed yesterday by Rob Manfred on the St. Louis Cardinals for the hacking scandal? Almost every major national baseball quote-unquote expert said they got away with murder. The, the Cardinals did with the penalty that was imposed by Rob Manfred. And I could not agree more. What, a couple million bucks and a couple draft picks? Numbers 56 and yeah. number 75. Yep. Are yep. you kidding me? Yep. I mean, yep. I, I understand. He is He's traveling virgin road territory. He's they never had to go down that road before. I just thought the penalty was incredibly light. Well, you know, at the end of the day, Dad, i got to be honest with you. I mean, uh, you know, one article I read today had the headline that, that they picked the right sport to be in if you're going to cheat. i, I got to be honest with you. And look, I, I'm not trying to sound holier than Al or whatever the case. I'm really not. It's just that at the end of the day, you know, you look at all of the quote-unquote cheating that goes on in multiple sports and and i'm quite frankly surprised that that the penalties aren't just uber stiff right for cheating yeah I mean, I at the end of the day it's supposed to be a balanced playing field oftentimes because of payroll it's not necessarily a balanced playing field but once you step on the field or getting your team prepared an organization to draft players develop players that kind of thing and somebody's cheating in that Avenue, it doesn't surprise me, but the lack of a bigger penalty, I'm with you. It really surprised me. Really. We've only got a few moments remaining uh, in our program tonight. We've got another break to take, and we're going to do it right now. We're at the Holy Grail Bank, standing room only here tonight, and we'll return to finish this thing off in just a moment. We've only got a couple of minutes left before we wind this show up, and we want to make mention of a big event that's coming up at the Urban Youth Academy, the P&G Urban Youth Academy, on uh, Saturday, February the 4th. That's this Saturday. Uh, college coaches roundtable discussion. Uh, parents and coaches of student-athletes invited for this one-of-a-kind experience to take part in a roundtable discussion with six local college baseball and softball coaches. Attendees will learn about the college recruiting process and what college coaches look for when, when recruiting. Ty Neal of UC, Scott Goggins of Xavier, Jeff Newman of Mount St. Joe, Lindsey Egan of Thomas Moore, Kathy Gleason of NKU, and Thomas Thornton from Georgetown College. Space is limited. That's this Saturday at 1 o'clock for parents and coaches only. For questions or to RSVP, contact Academy staff at Reds Youth Academy at Reds.com or by calling 513-765-5000. That will be a big, big event at the uh, P&G Cincinnati MLB Youth Academy. They ought to have one of those for sportsmanship. 
you and I bounce around a lot. I mean, I coach baseball and, and basketball here in town, and we go to a lot of other games, and you see some of the stuff that goes on. Blows your mind, doesn't it? Uh, sometimes the addicts on your sideline blow my mind. Well, we didn't have to go down that road. <laughs> Got a big game coming up at 5 o'clock on Saturday, yes, right? Yes, we do, and I can't wait. Well, we'll practice tonight, and hopefully we'll be ready to roll. I'll be right there, and we look forward to it. Yes, indeed. It was a great Reds Hot Stove League tonight. Bronson Arroyo was sensational. We hope that within a matter of days, the good news is going to be that they've come to an agreement contractually, and he'll be in spring training. You know, Rob Butcher, the Reds Director of Media Relations, has, has been here the whole night, and he's getting ready to celebrate his 20th year of being with the Reds, and, and, of course, he was the Yankees before the Reds. And we were talking off the air a minute ago, and he talked about, for those of you at home on the radio right now, you know, Bronson Arroyo has sat here since leaving us right. and has, has signed autographs constantly, nonstop, talking to people for 30 straight minutes. Dad, you and I both know. There are some guys in this world that would have done that. There aren't a lot of guys in this world that Negative. would have done that. And Rob made a comment. You go through all the years he's been in baseball, I think you would concur. You know, if there's a top five list of guys that we've had a chance to be around, there's no doubt about it. Mr. Arroyo is in that top five. And there are a lot of ball players that can learn an awful lot from just watching the way he deals with the media. Yep. Uh, there was never a sour word in the eight years that he spent with this organization about the way he conducted himself relative to the media. Didn't make any difference what form of media it was. He was a stand-up guy. He's a stand-up guy now. And I'd like to think that at some time down the road when his career is officially over, and he kind of surprised me with what he said about staying in the game after his playing career is over because he has so much to offer this game of baseball. We want to thank Rob Butcher. We want to thank Joe Zarehusen. We want to thank our producer, Dave Yiddy Armbruster, who's taking a bus to spring training. That's what a gamer he is. Amen. And all the folks that showed up tonight, thank you very much. And we'll talk to you again next Tuesday night on the Reds Hot Stove League.